I got to sit down with my friend Ashley to chat about our experiences with ADHD. Sometimes the world can feel lonely and we forget that there are other people dealing with similar struggles as we are. It's always reassuring to hear that we aren't alone. Ashley is an amazing advocate for others with ADHD and she has personally taught me some new coping techniques to help me be a more successful and organized business owner. So if you have ADHD or you'd like to understand how to work with people who have it, this is going to be a really great episode to listen to. Hey, photographer mamas, welcome to the Capture the Chaos podcast. My name is Brittany Renee. I'm a family and newborn photographer and your future photography BFF and cheerleader. I've learned and implemented strategies that have doubled my photography clients and have given me time freedom to do the things I love. I am ready to share it all with you. Do you wish you could book more newborn and family clients? Do you wish you knew how to find more time to do all the things for your business and still live your best life? Are you looking for that secret sauce to level up your sessions? Right now, your business probably looks like confetti on the floor after a birthday session. A bit of a mess. Your life is busy, chaotic, and it is filled with joy. If you're ready to build a business that fits into that wonderful life, you're in the right place. Throw in a load of laundry, pour yourself some coffee or a glass of wine, I'm not judging, and edit some photos. Let's get ready to grow, mama. Um, I have Ashley here with us today on the podcast. She is going to share her journey about being a photographer and an ADHD advocate. So Ashley, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, Well, I'm a family photographer. I've been a photographer for the last six years. Um, I have had ADHD. I was diagnosed when I was eight years old. And uh, in 2021, I started an ADHD platform on Instagram. Um, But I've been advocating for myself and my two kids um, for as long as I can remember. So I thought I would apply that to advocate for everyone else. Yeah, it's really awesome. I've really enjoyed um, following along with your ADHD page Um, because, you know, I've gotten some really good tips even off of just like the tips that you've shared with like how to, how do you, how, like how you personally cope and then sharing, you also share a lot of like um, facts and details about kind of how our brains work. Like Mm -hmm. for one, I listen to music now all the time whenever I work because I'm actually able to stay a lot more focused. And that was one of the biggest takeaways I got from that page. Yeah. Yeah. I have to drive and listen to music too, so that I can stay focused. It's, (laughs) it's, it's interesting because, you know, most people, I guess, neurotypical brains sometimes would find that, you know, to be very distracting. But for me, it, to focus on singing the words of a song gets me to get out of my head and focus on what I need to focus on on the road. Do you ever find yourself like driving down the road and then all of a sudden you're like, where am I? I have no idea. This is not like familiar. Like I do that all the time. I'm like, well, that's really concerning. Like how long have I been doing? Like how long did I just zone out for? Um, It's, it's, it's disassociating basically. And that's what happens to me when I'm not listening to music in my car. And so, yeah, that I, that's too many to count how many times I've showed up in my, you know, at my home and been like, wow, don't remember that ride. (laughs) That's a little scary. Let's not think too hard about that. (laughs) Right. Usually by myself, never with my children. Right. Yeah. Well, they, they kind of keep you focused too, because they're talking to you can't zone out with them. So 
Yeah. Okay. So clearly you have a passion for um, ADHD awareness. um, And can you tell us like what sparked that for sharing it with other people? I do. I remember the exact moment I decided to start my platform. I was at the pool with a friend of mine and I was, uh, you know, ADHD people will understand this when I say I have big emotions. So I was expressing those big emotions in the pool to my friend about how I was frustrated that um, a lot of neurotypical people think that, you know, ADHD is just about your attention and your focus to things when it's so much more that goes into ADHD and the symptoms and that we aren't all the same. It, It affects each one of us in a different way. We're all unique people. Just because we have ADHD doesn't make us, you know, all little ADHD robots. And so I had, I had was bluffing and I was like, you know, I'm going to start a platform and I'm going to use my voice. And, and she just kept saying, do it, do it. And so, and then I, you know, and then I went home and of course, you know, very ADHD of me the next day, I was just like, I'm not going to do this It's too much. (laughs) And then, and then I just, you know, my son had come home that day and, um, you know, he had had a lot of struggles that day at school. And I was like, you know what? Um, I'm going to do this. And it, cause it reminded me of the struggles that I went through when I was growing up in school. And I just, you know, if anything, just to offer support to other moms with children with ADHD, that was, that was originally what it was going to be. But then I got so many messages just within the first week. It was so crazy, you know, just posting like the first few real reels I did and the first few posts. And I got so many messages of just people saying I'm newly diagnosed with ADHD and I felt like this all my life. And I, you know, and I didn't, I thought that there was something wrong with me and, you know, they were just, you know, really excited that I had started the platform and, you know, so I just kept going with it and it kind of, it kind of gave me life for sure. It's really interesting because I learned a lot, you know, like you said, like a lot of people just think that it being having ADHD just means you like can't focus. Um, And I've learned actually a lot through you about why I kind of do some of the things that I do and then how to cope with those things. And so your pages even helped me, you know, I was diagnosed uh, with ADHD whenever I was, I think going into middle school, I don't remember exactly. And I was, I was on medicine for a little bit, but I didn't really like the way, um, like I felt when I was on it. I just didn't feel like right. myself anymore. Right. Uh, do you, do you take medication? So when I was diagnosed when I was eight, I, they did, they gave me, and I should mention my age. So I'm 38. And so, and the reason why I'm saying that is because back then in, you know, the late eighties, early nineties, um, even though that they knew about ADHD prior to that, they really didn't know what it was that they were doing. If you research the medication and how they came into the medication. It's, it's, it's wild. But so, so, you know, for people with ADHD, like, uh, some people may take one type of medication, it doesn't work for them. So they have to try another one. So for me, I have tried 
from the age of eight to junior in high school, about six different types of medication to help me with my ADHD. And then, Yeah. yeah. And then I took a break because like you, I'm pretty sure that I was very over medicated and Mm -hmm. it, and when you're somebody with ADHD and you take, um, it, it has the opposite effect for you. So I was very lethargic, uh, very like zombie, zombie, like, uh, kind of like just an empty shell, I guess. Exactly. Um, and so I didn't want to take the medication anymore. And when I went to live with my father, I was not, I wasn't made to take it. So, um, from my junior year in high school till about 33 years old, um, I was off medication. Um, I had my son at 31. That's my second child. He's seven now. Um, and he was actually diagnosed with severe ADHD when he was three. And, um, and I was having a really hard time. Um, as 80, as you get older, ADHD manifests a little bit differently. And, um, I was really struggling with, uh, ADHD fatigue. I had been pushing myself so hard, uh, to, to use my coping tools by myself that, uh, by the end of the day, I was just kind of like spent and, you know, for someone who's 33, I should have still had a lot more energy left in me. And so I went and I got myself reevaluated to make sure that there was nothing else going on. And I, I still had ADHD. And so they, I did, uh, I am on medication long story short right now. Yes. I take, I take, uh, Adderall. And I don't know if I mentioned, I don't take anything anymore. I just kind of, but I'm able to work with my, my coping techniques in order to kind of get through the day without Mm -hmm. feeling but I know, I mean, you know, that's not the same. And you, you said something like, um, I still had ADHD and it's not like people think that, I don't know, it's something that you can grow out of, but it's just like kind of the way your, your brain is wired and you use the term neurotypical. Is that what it was? Yeah. So neurotypicals are people without any type of learning differences. It was adopted by the autistic community Mm-hmm. And uh, so and then it's kind of now it's been adopted by everybody with like learning differences. I don't really like calling yeah. ADHD a disorder. Yeah, because um, it's just just a different way, you know, just because our brain doesn't work the same way as someone else's doesn't mean our brain is wrong. We just get to solutions a little bit differently and we have to take a different path to get there. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So. So neurotypicals are people that aren't in that category for learning differences. And then uh, neurodivergent is what they call people with learning differences. And that was new to me when I started my ADHD platform. So I learned those types of, and, and to be honest with you, I, I liked it. I didn't, I mean, like, you know, neurodivergent, you know, it reminds me of uh, that movie, the Divergent series or whatever. And so, and that chick was awesome. Yeah. She was a bad A. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll adopt that. Heck yeah. By the way, I have to say bad A because if I, if I say the word, then I have to mark my podcast as explicit. And so (laughs) so I got to bleep myself out a little bit. (laughs) Okay. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll make note of that too. (laughs) 
I, I, I like to refer to myself whenever I'm doing my podcast, every once in a while, I'll just squirrel like, you know, oh, there's a yeah. squirrel and I like change topics. And so I have what we're talking about written down. So I have to keep forcing myself to go back over to what the questions that I'm supposed to ask you. So that's, that's one way I cope is I write everything down. Otherwise, you know, all over the place. Okay. Right. Well, that's, we're kind of go. we're actually, that's my next question is, um, okay. So slightly off topic, I used to work with a, a boy I know he was I guess he's a he's a man now but he was a boy at the time and he we would have meetings and he would just spend the entire time on his phone and I was like what are you doing are you paying attention he like would regurgitate exactly what I said he goes if if I'm not on my phone like doing something else I can't pay attention to what you're saying and something clicked with me just then because like whenever I'm watching online courses or I'm listening to podcasts, I can't sit there and just listen. I have to be folding clothes, doing dishes, doing something else. Otherwise I can't do it. So that brings me to my next question. Let's kind of drive this towards photographers. So for photographers that do experience ADHD, what tips do you have for them? So I always, so on my platform, I talk a lot about self-awareness. Um, the, I know that there's a lot of coaches out there and they have a lot of strategies and stuff, but your best strategy is going to be your self-awareness of yourself, right? So you know how you work every day. Uh, You could even like do a whole entire day where you just write out on a piece of paper, um, like, like what your daily routine is in that day so that you can kind of get an idea. And some people look at it and be like, I didn't know I actually did that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so for me personally, I know I work better in the morning and I know I work better at night. And so I, I will uh, do all of my must need tasks in the morning time. And then by around one o'clock, I know that I'm probably, I give or take, I will work until my body is like, okay, we're just not into this anymore. And then I'll, I'll shift a lot of people with, uh, like neurotypical people, teachers, or other coaches will talk to you about a structure staying extremely structured. That is not, I mean, if that works no. for you and you have ADHD, so I should say that if that works for you and you have ADHD, then keep doing what works for you. But yeah. for me personally, a structured and envi- a two structured environment I can do for so long. And then what happens is that I just, I can't do it anymore because I need some change. I need some, uh, different things inside my routine. So, um, but I do know that in the mornings I work well and in the evenings I work well. So whatever I need to do, and yes, I have lists. Sometimes I look at them and sometimes I don't. That's the key, um, looking at your list. <laughs> yeah, look, looking at your list. I do have a, uh, a paper planner. I have a humongous wall calendar. Um, I have post-it notes literally all over my desk um, that I don't clean up after I use. So I, I get it gets a little confusing sometimes. So I like to take at least once or twice a week where I go through my desk and I spend, you know, about an hour in the morning before I start to work, just making sure that, because it is true that having less distractions on your desk, if that's where you're doing your work, uh, is better. 
And, um, and so I'll just go twice a week, look at all of the things on my desk, get rid of old things that I don't need anymore. And then that way I can start that, that morning off, uh, just fresh and it feels good. It feels good to sit down in an uncluttered environment, even though typically people with ADHD are very cluttered people, Yeah, <laughs> but it doesn't mean that we don't like cleanliness, right? It's, it's just hard. And so, so yeah, so that, that's really how I, I, you know, I have, um, if you are a photographer or a business person that doesn't have a platform, because I tried to do it on my own for quite some time. If you don't have a platform to schedule your clients or, uh, automated things, I highly suggest doing all all of that, because the less stuff that you have to remember to do, uh, the better. Um, you know, like when I send my minis out now, um, I'm on that use sessions. And so when I send my minis out or whatever, uh, they just have to click a button and they pick their mini and they book it and then all, and it automatically sends them an email that's like, Hey, thanks for booking, blah, blah, blah. Here's all of these guides. And then I don't have to do anything. And it, and I can't tell you how much of a breath of fresh air that's been for my life since uh, introducing that within my business. Um, I know this isn't feasible for a lot of people, but I have a virtual assistant. So um, I have somebody and, and it's only part time, but uh, they will if I can't, you know, get to my emails, they catch my emails for me. We have, I have automated uh, responses that they will just put in to send to my clients and stuff like that. So, you know, if, if you can get a VA for at least part-time to assist you on some of your stuff, that's also helpful. But let me, but can yeah. I just say one thing on that? I actually just, um, as of today, the podcast episode was released yesterday, but I have an yeah. entire episode on automating, task batching, and um, outsourcing. So exactly what you're talking about. So yeah. right there, if you want to go back, if you guys want to go listen to that episode after you're done with this one, those will give you some good tools to kind of get your life a little bit more organized whenever you try to sit down and work. But go, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. But go yeah, ahead. So all of those things are helpful for people. I mean, they're helpful for everybody. I mean, whether you have ADHD or not, running a business, and especially, you know, I'll talk about the business I know very well, which is the photography business. If you're running a photography business and you're doing it on your own, you know, whether you have ADHD or not, life is difficult. <laughs> you know, you're, I mean, you're juggling all of that kind of stuff. Now, if you're a mom and a photographer, whether you have ADHD or not, like you're balancing all of that kind of stuff all the time, every day. So, you know, and at first I thought it would mean that I would be less personable because that's a big deal for me to be personable with my clients. Um, but I can still be personable with my clients. I mean, I sent an email that I curated to go to the clients when they book. If they reach out to me in an email, they'll get me like, you know, to ask me any questions. I'm here for them. So I can still be personable, but also keep kind of, you know, those tasks. It was very overwhelming. Mm -hmm. It was very overwhelming for the first several years of my business. And I really, and that's when we talk about burnout mode, 
and that type of stuff. And it, it'll make a lot of people in our industry just stop because they, yeah. of course you get, you get a camera, right. And then you're yeah. like, I'm going to take some pictures and then, but that you didn't really realize like the in-depth to the business world that you're going to be, you know, inducted into. It's and like 20% taking pictures and then like 80% everything else. <laughs> yeah. And it's a shell shock too. Like you're like, oh no, wow. You know? And so what did I get but, myself into? Right. And so just automated, automated if you, if you are having trouble staying on schedule, there's so many things now, like you can use your Google calendar and your phone. Like I said, I have a huge calendar. There's no reason there. I I will not give myself an excuse at this point. If I miss an appointment or if I am late, which I've never been late to a session. I mean, which is very surprising for me, but (laughs) everything else, but I am chronically early. So, uh, with, with my sessions and it's pretty much an anxiety of mine that I would be late to a session. So I make sure that I'm early. Um, but, but I don't give myself any excuses, any excuses about, uh, if I'm missing appointment or anything, because I have all of this stuff and, you know, um, so yeah, that, that's pretty much how I curate my day today. Um, but I am like you, like in order to, like a lot of people, a lot of photographers have said, you know, that they have, sometimes they can't focus while they're editing and stuff like that. And when it comes to that stuff, dude, I put on, I put on TV. I can't tell you how many series television shows that I have watched while editing, or I listen to music or something like that. Like I just put it up. All right. Just like you. Uh, in order for me to even do housework, the best thing for me to do is get on the phone with my grandma. Cause that lady can talk for hours. <laughs> and then while I'm talking to her, here I am just cleaning away. And I don't know why our brains are like that. And it's wild to even think that, but you know, whatever works, whatever gets it done, you know, that you need, uh, as a coping tool or an assistant tool, just you utilize it. And I think you said something really good at the beginning of that. Um, you said, you know, one, we're all different. And two, so just know yourself well enough to know what you need help coping with. Like I've, I figured out that I couldn't focus sitting there editing whenever there was nothing going on. I couldn't, I couldn't sit in a quiet room. I needed to have something happening like music or TV or something in order to stay focused on the editing. So knowing things like that about yourself is really important so you can, help yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And that's even with or without meds. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people talk about, Oh, does my medication help me? Yes. Am I taking my medication though? So that I can do better at work? Um, no, my medication helps me for so many other different reasons. Um, and my, both of my children have ADHD. And, uh, and it helps me to be patient with them or to, uh, think before I react. Uh, it gives me that pause. It helps me with that pause. Um, but, uh, you know, but even with, with the medication, I still have to, to be in control and use coping tools. Like I still Mm -hmm. have to work alongside my medication. All my medication is doing 
is just kind of like, I, I call it in my honing in tool. <laughs> and it kind of like now as I'm an adult, it, it doesn't react the same way that it did when I was younger, but now as an adult, um, you know, it re- relieves that some of my anxiety as well. And so, but even, you know, so both with medication, without medication, self-awareness is going to be your biggest tool. And if, if you, like I said, if you need to spend, you know, even a week, one day, 24 hours, whatever, just writing down your routine that you have at the moment and just kind of looking at it and saying, and you can discover your triggers too. If you're, if you're having a hard day and you've written all of that stuff down, you go and you look back and you're like, why was I having such a hard day? Why well, did this? And I did that. But then, but then my mom called and she wanted to talk to me for two hours on the phone and I couldn't get off the phone with her. Well, that was your problem right there. So that is another thing I have to do is I have a time limit on my phone where I turn my notifications off and that makes people mad sometimes, but I need that time because I know that if I get on the phone during the time that I, that I've allocated for me to work, Mm -hmm. I'm not getting off the phone. And then I'm, then I do finally get off the phone and then I'm like, oh gosh, I got nothing done. And then I have to hustle. And the hustle causes overwhelmment. Right. So like, (laughs) yes. So you can find out those things that, like I said, self-awareness, knowing what those triggers are, are going to be the most beneficial thing for you. uh, If you have ADHD and you're trying to figure your, your business and your life out. Well, that brings me to the next question. Let's say, let's say someone's listening who doesn't have ADHD, but they have sessions with kids or even adults that do have ADHD, do you have any tips for someone um, like how they can be more, I, I guess, inclusive or accommodating to people who do have ADHD in during their sessions or who, if they're working with someone? I'm trying to figure out how to say this. So if you're not, if you know that you're not good with kids, family photography probably isn't like you have to, I mean, you're working with other people's kids. You have to have a passion for, for that kind of thing. And there is a level of patience. Mm -hmm. And so when you're, when you're working with kids with learning differences, so first off, I send out a questionnaire to all of my clients. I do not ask them if they have special, a special needs child. Nobody wants to, nobody wants to talk about that. So all I say is I ask them to list their children, their ages, and just a little bit of characteristics about their children. So, and usually a parent, I mean, I know that I would personally, when I would hire a photographer to write down my son, wild child, <laughs> need, will need, will need some extra patience, you know? And mm-hmm. I have had extremely detailed uh, answers from that questionnaire. And it is so helpful for me when I go into a session. And, you know, and like we talked about in the very beginning, everybody with ADHD is different. So not all children with ADHD are going to be hyperactive and all over the place. In mm-hmm. fact, some of them might be shy. Some of them may be anxious. And so all of that 
all of those types of emotions and um, characteristics are going to manifest a little bit differently outwardly. So I would just be completely prepared to go into anything, you know, and that's what I do is I just go in uh, and, and oftentimes the parents I notice will, will apologize a lot for their children. Yeah. And, and I, and I like to tell the parents, uh, you know, the, whatever the first instance is of their, uh, you know, of them po- apologizing for their children. I like to put my parents, especially the mom at ease, like, Hey, no worries. We're gonna, you know, we're going to work through this and, you know, we're going to get it done. And then once you put the parents at ease that like, you're not worried about this, this situation, and this isn't bothering you, everybody starts to calm down a lot. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, you know, redirection is a huge thing. Um, You know, you can tell that the child is like, not into it or getting tired of it. And then you start redirecting them like, Hey buddy, I heard that you like dinosaurs. What's your favorite dinosaur? I like dinosaurs too. And then you can walk around like a dinosaur. Yeah. You may look like an idiot for a little while, but the kids laugh and the parents are think that it's the greatest thing ever. And so, you know, that, that's why I say that I like to be personable with my clients. That's why my questionnaire is so extensive because, you know, and, and to be honest, and I'll tell anybody this that will ask me, you know, why I became a family photographer. It is because of the kids. I honestly love when the kids like finally get out of their shell and then they're acting a little silly and a little crazy like yeah that's it's fun like it's it, whenever a child I think is it's sitting, hilarious it's the best like when they're sitting perfectly still and smiling I'm like let's like this is not this is not a challenge like come on let's run around let's have some fun and so yeah and, and you know what moms who have kids that they know or don't want to sit still and they know they're a little wild they're gonna find a photographer that they no can handle that situation so if you're a photographer right. and you really like those like sitting pretty posed images you know what I mean like it, which is beautiful and it's very artful it's not me right and it's not Ashley like we're very right. we're very um um move, we like move a lot in our and it's not a lot. for yeah. a child with ADHD right. either right. right and that's like and I'm glad you brought that up so real quick I I do have a blog uh, that I have on my website about uh, mini sessions versus full sessions. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times parents will think, hey, my kid's not going to last for 15 minutes. Right. But in my blog, I do talk about different categories of that. And right. because like I said, not every ADHD child is the same. 15 mm-hmm. minutes may be good for some children, But if you have a child that's really shy, that is having a hard time, you know, stranger danger, those types of things. I don't agree that a 15 minute session is good for that child. I do need more time. Right. And that's why I introduced a 30 minute session into my, my packages. So I have 30 an hour and then an extended, an extended session. And I, I put the 30 minute session because if I can get a child to get comfortable within that 15 minutes, then I have that rest of the time to, to, to get what I need to get done. Um, and so I always talk to the, so I always talk to the clients and refer them back to my blog just so that they can read and see like why I tell them, you know, 
when they come to me and they said, oh, I think 15 minutes should, will be the most that they'll be able to handle. Mm -hmm. Well, in what way, in what way do you think that they'd only be able to handle a 15 minute session? And trust me, I'm not trying to get them to pay more money for another session. I just want to make sure that we are both happy with what is produced from the session. And if your child, you know, wants to cover themselves in mom and doesn't want to, um, you know, isn't really like feeling it and, you know, feels, you know, just kind of like wants to be comforted by mom and dad and doesn't want to go you know, stand by themselves and stuff, that child's going to need some extra time with their session just to get comfortable with me. So for example, my oldest one, I do suspect that he probably has ADHD, but it's not to the extent that it's really affecting him on a day-to-day basis right now. But Uh um, he only has that 15 minute threshold. So I would say he needs a mini session because after 15 minutes, he's done. He does not want to do anymore. He he's over it. And so I would probably accommodate and do a mini session for his sake, even though I do have two other kids and they react differently. Like Noah, he's going to take a little bit more time to warm up, but I, I have to balance. Do I need to accommodate oh, to yeah. Jackson or do I need, to, I need to accommodate to Jackson? Because when he is done there, there ain't like, we ain't get nothing. But with Noah, right. at least, you know, he'll just be grabbing onto my leg and we'll still get something out of it. But it's, you right. know, you, ha- you kind of have to like weigh those, like what kid do right. I need to accommodate right now? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. 15 minutes for Ben, for sure. I know him 15 minutes. You, you got him for 15 minutes. And then after 15 minutes, that kid wants to go and he wants to run and he wants to, what's this, what's that. And then he'll talk to you for the entire time. So, you know, he'll tell you all about our life at home. He does with his teachers. Oh no. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. So he's, he's, he, he loves, he's very personable with everybody. So yeah, 15 minutes for bed for sure too. Yeah. And and, and in different ways, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I am going to, I'm going to put your Instagram info in the show notes, um, in this episode. So that way they can go and they can look at the resources and just some of the tips and stuff that you shared, because it's been really eye-opening for me. Um, and I think it'll be eye-opening and really amazing for other people as well. Just kind of, like you said, becoming more self-aware and be like, Hey, Oh, that's why I do the things that I do. And, and this, that, and the other things. So, um, it's been very helpful. Yeah. For me. It's a great, it's a great tool also for, uh, I do talk a lot about, uh, parents with, children with ADHD too. And I talk a lot about 504 plans and stuff like that. So there's, there's, it's a mixture of things. Yeah, it's, it's really great. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on and you sharing this, that, this information with us. And I know that there's people out there who are um, definitely going to really benefit from, you know, hearing at least that they're not alone in the way that, that they are (laughs) just like who they are. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's, yeah. it's, I always like talking with you because I'm like, yeah, I do that too. Me too. I'm like that. And then it's just <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, man, yes, yes. Yeah. 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 But <laughs> it's funny too, because there's things that we've talked about it too. Like there's opposite things that you do that I don't do too, you know? Right. So I've, I've enjoyed it a lot getting to know other people with ADHD for sure. It's helped me a lot too. 
Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I'd love to hear what you thought about today's episode or any questions you might have. Drop me a DM on Instagram at Brittany Renee underscore photo. And if you haven't already, be sure to join the free Facebook group. That's bit.ly slash capture the chaos FB. And lastly, it would help me out so much if you could leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews help boost ratings so I can reach other photographers who need a friend in the community just like you. Again, thank you so much for being here and I'll see you next time.